When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, and Andy Bernard. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Mm-hmm. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We're rocking out, man. That's all you need to know. Always a good thing. Okay, I want you to explain to me what this means, all right? Okay. See if you're paying attention. Okay. The headline from the news today, the ladies make strides in Rock Hall noms. Nominations. <laughs> Rock Hall nominations. Yeah, nominations. So we, we just can't put... Are we just too cool now to put nominations? You got to go. It's noms, man. Well, no, I I've think been nommed. Twitter. Oh, God, it's their yeah. headlines designed for Twitter. I just why did why we don't have, need this? Have you guys ever been to a country that has state-run radio or TV? Oh, it's got to be well, yeah, England. Well, I mean, real state-run, like uh, if you went to China, you mean like China, yeah, and, and and some other countries back in the '80s had it. If you went to Cuba, Cuba still has state-run radio and TV. I don't think we listened to we any didn't. radio. Radio or television. Well, you, we were you there, probably no. weren't in the area that it's. that's all you can get if you live there. You were Not speaking in, Spanish. You were probably in a tourist <laughs> spot where they have everything. It's literally divided yeah, in Cuba. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I felt like watching Sunday's game. Yeah, well, I understand. And that's what I, that's what I feel like when I listen to NPR. Yeah. NPR state-run yeah, radio, NPR. man. It, it, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Well, it is, Literally, absolutely. And you it? and I pay for it. I know, but the stuff they the stuff they say is just it's 
I don't know how they can be on the air. Well, I have a question for you, L.A. Nick, in, the, in that vein. Okay, you ready? Are you chest-feeding your baby yet? <laughs> I know. I saw that. I saw that. I, I can't take oh it anymore. God. I really just can't oh take it anymore. God. But, okay, the thing that you have to understand about the whole chest-feeding oh, and God. not being able to say mother and whatever, it's not that nobody... I mean, okay, there are, I'd say, a handful of people that are like, no one should ever say breastfeeding or mother again, and it should all just be parent and chest-feeding and blah, right, blah, blah. Right, But... The majority of people just want to include, like, chest feeding, breast feeding in the thing because there are people that don't breast feed, they chest feed. And so most of these people that think this don't think you should never say breast feeding, ever. They just want you to also include chest feeding. So they just want to invent a new problem. Basically, Yes. (laughs) Hospitals are telling midwives to change language to accommodate the trans community. They are taking out the word maternity ward. They are doing all kinds of things. So this is actually happening because it started happening in our language different in in, uh, in politics. And now it's trickling down to all kinds of other things. Now, my question is. If this continues the way that it has been, and it's rapidly happening, mm-hmm. um, and I have no problem with including people. But the thing is, is that most of the language changes are for women, men that have transitioned to be women. So our language, our uh, identities are being manipulated well, chest feeding to actually- accommodate... Chest feeding is actually well, for men. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Isn't that m- men controlling women again? I agree. I mean, 100%. they were men, I and agree. then they become women, and now all of a sudden everything has to change. I agree. 100%. I don't see. I don't see yep. the men folk changing for the women that are transitioning to male. That's, I don't see the word the prostate isn't a thing anymore or. a I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing it. it. It seems to be that it's all about women accommodating and changing to a, to transgender people. Now, so, I, I might be, I, I have no problem, like I said, with including people, but I don't see how it's like, like the welcome rule. I have a, I'm playing a game of Monopoly over here. You want to join in, fine, but don't change the rules. You get to play Monopoly with us, and I'm not going to say terrible things about you, but you can't sit there and tell me I can't play Monopoly the way I was playing it. You know, you know what I'm that's, getting that's at? That's yeah, what's happening. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. They're changing the rules. Well, first of all, uh, chest feeding is for trans women turned to men, not men turned to women. Whatever works. All I know is this. Uh, I just, again, I don't care what your skin color is, your gender is, your orientation is, your your transitioning, whatever. I don't care. Live your life. If you become a massive pain in the ass, I now do care. Get the hell out of my life. Okay? Get your nose out of my... I'm treating you with respect. I've never bothered anyone. Uh, If I saw you being abused on the street, I would defend you, whether if I had to physically or vocally or whatever. I'd do it in a minute. But you need to get your nose out of my goddamn business. Do you understand that? I think there's more to all this, too, Tom. I think that this is about money. Oh, no it's, doubt about that. It's about that. money. These people, a lot of places are getting a lot of money to train people how to think this way. People are getting paid billions of dollars to redesign hospitals and change all the signage. Yep. And it's, it's yep. a money thing. It's a money thing. You're absolutely right. Once again, be who you are. I got no problem with that at all. I None at all. I, I just don't understand why we have to change the entire world for 500,000 people out a lot, of 8 billion. A lot of people's argument to that, though, would be because you're a cis white mm-hmm. male and Privileged. you're married to a cis white woman and your kids what are... What does cis mean? What does cis, cis mean? Cis is like that you're you, assigned like, straight and uh, like I was born female and I am 
female. And like, so you are a cis white straight male married to a cis white straight woman and your kids are cis white and straight. And so you don't have any like reason to care about. What do you mean? Why, why don't I? Like when Dan and I had a conversation about the whole athletes, you know, and how trans mm-hmm. athletes can now compete in certain things against, against blah, women. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. well, I kept trying to think of it as, okay, say Sage, when he is 15, decides he wants to become mm-hmm. a woman. And then I thought about it in that... What the heck mm. was that? Um, what was that? I don't Siri. know. I'll, Siri. S- somebody, like Siri, Siri. somebody Siri went off. Yeah. Um, oh. I was like, I, I was thinking about it that way because I was like, I would want my child, you know, if Sage wanted to be a woman, but also still wanted to run track or do football or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'd want him to be able to do those things. Or her to be able to do those things. And so I kept on trying to think of it as like, okay, what if I were in the position of a very passionate parent that had a trans child or a trans, you know, child still, Mm -hmm. adult. I I understand. I understand that. But once again, women are biologically different than males. Males have more muscle mass, more skeletal density. But, Uh, but no, no amount of hormones diminishes it all the way down to our uh, capacity. It just doesn't. change bone structure. Yeah, but that's okay. Trans people can't play sports. No, but... I'm not saying that. that Maybe there needs to be... Okay, so if a trans guy, a transgender woman... Somebody who's transitioned is a a 200-pound woman. Maybe there needs to be 200-pound women. uh, What's that called when they divide things up in sports? Division. Division, So yes, but it would just but it would just be (laughs) exactly right. Well, just look at just look what's happening now. No, because they're they're. You can't deny that there's not uh, you know large large women, but then. But then you have to think about okay, look about look at Venus and Serena Williams. They're humongous yeah. people, but mm-hmm. and they've dominated tennis for years. Yeah, but they're born women. But they had the muscular advantage as women. They're so still, what's they're not they can't. But they're still with men, though, biologically so the women. They were born a woman. Yes, so you but can't. They're you can't just take biology and throw it in the garbage can. I'm not taking biology and throwing it in the garbage can. I'm saying they had the genetic makeup from birth to be large and muscular like a man not but since like but, a man. not even close. No. Uh, but yeah they also really, have they, what, can you let they me finish have been can you let me finish by other women okay yes so there's there's no nobody's i okay you're thinking that okay if a trans woman comes and is in sports, then she's never going to lose and she's going to take everything. And you also have to think of, okay, think about the trans women that we know. Think about my friend that is now a trans woman. He, Mm -hmm. she would never play a sport ever because she's the size of a sparrow. You know, not all, not all men are these ripped, muscular, huge human beings. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely stupid. I understand that, but I'm saying, okay, so if it's a lightweight transgender person, then they should be able to compete against people who are like them in a division. Just like there's boxing divisions. You're not going to take a heavyweight against a featherweight. Haven't you guys been keeping up with the high school stuff going on in Connecticut and stuff? The transgenders took all top five places. They got all all the the scholarships. The other girls got nothing. You can't compete, and and they're they're huge. And these girls, one girl was top top track racer for like four years. She got crushed by four transgenders. She can't compete. I know, but it's like, but then then the opposite. so, So she lost her scholarship. But then the opposite. It's like, it's kind of like... Stuck between a rock and a hard place because it's like okay, I, if I were a trans, if I decided like I need, I feel like I am male. I want to be in a male body. I am not a large human being. I'm a small person. If I became trans, I would be a, a very small man. Yes. But if I were, you know, I want to 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a sport that doesn't have weight class, but being small would be a disadvantage. You know, it goes Gymnast. it goes the same way for men too. Mm, not they as have much. A, they'd have not a really. disadvantage. Yes, it does. Not as much. If what? I wanted to be if I wanted to be a trans football player, and it's like, oh, I want to be you know <laughs> on the defensive line. I couldn't though because I'd be know, smaller than everyone. Say, as somebody who has lived through trying to get colleges to fund women's sports and somebody who's lived through women having to fight like hell for equal representation in the government i it's just i mean it's it hasn't been that long and now after we've gotten so many gains now all of a sudden it's like hmm what does this mean for you I just don't think it's thought out well enough, these sweeping things where it's like, okay, everybody, you know, you're transgender, you can just do whatever you want. It's Like I said, I think that there has to be some divisions or some sort of something yeah, to think, protect girls in sports. I think there should definitely be like, you know how football has like junior varsity and varsity. Like if you're not good enough, you're on yep. junior varsity. And if you're really good, you're on varsity. Like there should be that for like all sports. Like dance. There was... You either made it on certain teams because you tried out and you were good enough and everybody was kind of at a similar level, or you were on a lesser team because you didn't qualify. Like, rather than pooling everyone together, I totally agree with you, Mom, that there should be, yeah, divisions of people... It, within yeah. the gendered we, sports, yeah. Or because, I mean that MMA, wait, that wait. MMA fighter that cracked that woman's mm-hmm. skull and almost put her into. I think he might have put her into a coma because it was he was in the same class as her and he was she was humongous. Yeah, I don't know. That's just not even safe. Or we could we'll completely get, get rid of gendered sports entirely and everyone could just be in a different division like men competing against men women competing against women because then it wouldn't matter what your gender is it would just matter mm-hmm. if you can lift this heavy weight you're in this well, class most or whatever sports aren't gendered it's just that women can't qualify yeah that's true because nearly all men are stronger than nearly all women it sounds we like gotta it take a break. true but it is we got to take a break because you have a guest coming up yes, in just do. a couple of minutes with the family Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. All right, well, we got the votes in and said, we'll take the men, we'll take the women, but we don't want the Italians. That's what they said. <laughs> it's fair. I don't, I don't know what they meant by that. Yeah, whatever. 
Without <laughs> the Italians, we would, we, would, we would be without a lot of beautiful things. That's very true. That's You're true. absolutely very right. True. Is Anna Maria ready to go? I'm calling her right now. We have to call her through Skype Hail. because she's not in America and we don't have long distance calling, apparently. I think go. she's on, though. We don't. Hello, good don't morning. Anna Maria, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you today? Now that you're here, fantastic. That's all I have to say. I'm very Anna happy Maria, to be here. Uh, uh, you pronounce your last name how? Dibu, Dibu? Dibu is perfect. You got it first, uh, first right. Anna Maria Dibu, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. TheFearlessMan.com, the lifestyle of a gentleman ebook etiquette. Fearless Etiquette Pro, Anna Maria, reveals the lifestyle of a gentleman in a brand new book. I didn't even know you wrote a book about me, Anna Maria. A true <laughs> gentleman. That's pretty funny, Tom. Well, you know, Neither did she. Uh, we, all have, yeah. we, we all have a seed of gentlemen and a lady inside of us, so... Well, I'm glad to see. I'm glad to hear that. How many times have you looked up to those men who seem so solid, confident, have it all together while rocking a great-looking attitude? Do you believe that you have to be wealthy, look like Brad Pitt, or just have an it factor you weren't born with to be the kind of gentleman women dream of? Well, Anna Maria has great news for you. A gentleman is made and not born. That is good news, Anna Maria. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a a gentleman is um, a lifestyle. It's a way of being. It's something that you make of yourself and you continue to be in this manner over over your life. And Maria, what I found interesting is because I'm, uh, you know, I'm in my 60s now and, uh, you know, I've been doing this my whole life since I was 18 years old. I've been in radio or music or whatever. And I find that women are not, I shouldn't, I didn't mean women, I meant people are not mm-hmm. as polite as they used to be. And my mother made sure that I was going to be a polite little boy when I was a kid, so it was yes sir and yes ma'am, and now you're not supposed to call women ma'am anymore, so I have to adjust to that. <laughs> but I like I like being polite. My mother wanted me to be polite, but nobody cares about it anymore, it seems like. I, uh, I agree, and I noticed that, and that's the reason why, one of the reasons actually, why I came up with this uh, ebook and the program that's adjacent to this, uh, this ebook. Uh, because I think we can still go back to living beautifully and, you know, in an actual manner, but still live beautifully. And um, I think this decline in humanity came from uh, the fact that everything that's promoted nowadays is about being practical and about being uh, fast and efficient and uh, short and, you know, not mm-hmm. wrap everything nicely. So, um through my ebook, what I'm trying to show people is that you can still be practical, but live beautifully in the same time. Be efficient, but be gracious also. I like that. In I other words, that. pay attention. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. See, it's so amazing to me that that's the other thing, that people are so wound up now, so involved in, in digital, in big tech, that they stare at their phones mm-hmm. even while they're driving, while they're walking. I've seen people walk into doors because they were looking at their phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. We need, I think, to get, that's not safe, and they need to get away from doing that. I think Donald Trump could have used you. Yeah, that's true. Donald <laughs> Trump could have used you. That's that's very true. <laughs> you got to use some training. <laughs> Give well, him some I training, Anna Maria. I would refrain from uh, political comments, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anna Maria. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, there is actually this section in my ebook that actually touches on digital manners, and I actually go into WhatsApping and Facebook and Twitter and how to use them while actually introducing this um, gracefulness and this uh, way, way of living and being a beautiful person um, while while being modern and uh, connected to the these devices and uh, you know their applications and all that. Do, do people think that being grateful is weak? Because I've always thought it, it showed strength, but a lot of people think being grateful is a weakness. It's weird. Um, I think being grateful is a uh, wonderful exercise to have with yourself to realize daily what are the um, beautiful things that actually are in your life that we so often take for granted. And um, mm-hmm. gratitude is uh, an excellent way to... Um, you know, bring closer that reality to ourselves. 
and uh, attract more of it in the end because the what you focus on expands. So therefore, the more grateful you are for the things you have, um, the more of that you will attract in your life. Uh, there's a line from your descriptor here, Anna Maria, and we're talking about Anna Maria Debu. Uh, the Debu Group at gmail.com, of course. Uh, her book is on Amazon. It's available everywhere. As a matter of fact, the fearlessman.com, the lifestyle of a gentleman ebook. I love this, uh, this line. I wrote this book because I identify with the idea that if you want to change the world, you should start with yourself. I love that line, Anna Maria. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's um, it's very important to understand that if there's something in the world that bothers us, we should look first um, in ourselves. Like why, why does that trigger us that much? And what can we adapt and change within ourselves to um, live in a, in a better world, in a world that we like? So this goes from like uh, thoughts and emotions and goes all the way to your behavior. We so often um, like to criticize others for being uh, too heady or too much in their phones or, you know, maybe neglected or not dressing nice enough or in a polite manner. And then uh, we have to also look at ourselves. Do we do what we preach about or we just like to complain? Because just complaining doesn't help anyone. No, you have, everybody's a victim. Everybody wants to complain. Everybody wants to whine, and it doesn't do anyone any good at all. And I, it wouldn't make me feel better if I did nothing but complain. I wouldn't feel good about that. Yeah, because it, you know, it will just like ruin your mood and your day and everything that you had planned for that day. So maybe instead of complaining, we should think like, how how can I change something? How I can I improve my day? What can I add to my day? to make it uh, better, or to this specific situation, if there's a specific situation. You know, i got to tell you something, Anne Maria, and I didn't even tell my uh, my wife, Catherine, is on the show with us, and Andy and Alex, are our son and daughter are with us, and then a family friend, L.A. Nick, is with us, so this is a very close group of people, which, by the way, I'm very grateful for, that my family even wants to work with me on a daily <laughs> basis. <laughs> I, I think what? it's really great. Yeah, it's you wonderful. It's quite tough to be um, so much around the family, especially on a professional level, because you have to, uh, you know, separate roles and situations. So uh, it's great that you can people. do it together. It is. Um, as I said, I grew up. My mother was insistent that I that I be polite to people, and as I said. I say, call men, sir, and I. Used to, I got. I need a new woman, uh, word word for women though, because ma'am, you can't call. You know the reason <laughs> I started calling women ma'am, Anna Maria. This is a true story. I, I yes. say, good afternoon, ma'am. How are you? You know why I started using that word? Why is that? This is a true story, because I heard Elvis Presley say it when I was a little boy, and I thought, well, if he says ma'am, I'm gonna say ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sweet. <laughs> what do you say now? What do you, what I, do I like you use for ma'am? Miss. <laughs> Yeah. So what do you say now instead of ma'am? Well, to be honest, I've been called ma'am myself uh, several times, and it's very humbling to be called a ma'am. So I do like ma'am. But, you know, a lot of women will be offended by a lot of things nowadays because we live in a world that encourages women to be upset with everything. Um, so if you really like ma'am, I think you should keep using that because it's a very, um, respectful manner of addressing a woman. But if you'd like to, um, to change that, I would go with, you know, miss, missus, but see, even here, you, some women, if they're married, they will be offended if you address them with, uh, with miss. So, uh, this is where madam is, um, you know, uh, very well calibrated and you can't go wrong with it, no matter if they're uh, married or not, I think ma'am would fit. How if I do this, Anne-Maria? I'll just go, listen, sister. What do you think? (laughs) Well... Depending on well. the context. I think you could use madam and nobody would complain if you called them madam. Madam? Madam. They would be call, confused, but they would not complain. I call my two-year-old daughter or four-year-old daughter ma'am all the time. See, I love it. Listen, ma'am. It's interesting because we spend some time in the South now, and um, right. it's, it is amazing. The people that live in the South are very, they're way more polite way and formal. Way more polite, yeah. I know uh, that. If, I, if, I know that myself. Yes. 
I had just posted a thing on Facebook a couple of days ago about manners, and I agreed that manners are taught. My parents were adamant about being polite and having manners, right? And yep. it made a difference in my life. And and I I know a lot of people who have no manners whatsoever. They never say please, thank you. Or, it's amazing to me. Just I can't even believe it. And I think that you're you're right. You're made. You, it's taught to you. We're not grown exactly. with. We're not born with manners. It is taught. And my parents were adamant about it. Right. My parents never cursed in front of the kids ever. I've never heard either no. one of my parents curse. Then and you had to say thank you and thanks for making dinner and please. That's just the way it was. Of course, and of course. You know, it becomes part of your life. Yeah, and it's the same for me. It all started. So I kind of started reading and being more aware of my world around three to four years old, and that's when my mother was okay. It's time to make uh, out of you a lady. So uh, I started doing my uh, own training, and I was walking around the house with books on my uh, head and everything, and Ooh. I was supposed to know all the you know uh, right postures and how to eat right and properly and how to greet people and everything. So um, I agree with you. It, the earlier it starts, the more it gets ingrained in who you are. But I have to say that I have I had clients in my manners class um, that were well over their uh, 30s, 40s. And uh, they were open to learning. So that's another thing. If you had a family that didn't have a background to teach you how to be in this way, but you find a class, you find a mentor, you find a book that could inspire you. Um, it's never too late to start. You just need to be open enough and allow yourself to become who you want to become. I love that. We need. Can you stay with us for another segment, Anna Maria? Sure, sure. It would be my pleasure. I just have to. I'll take a very, very <laughs> short break. We'll be right back. More with Anna Maria Debu, and of course, uh, she's teaching me how to be a decent person, which I really appreciate. We'll be right back. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com. That's shift, the number two, sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. You gotta get a picture and post it on this bird site. People freak out. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. That's we weird are thing. back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it. Our very special guest, Anna Maria Debu. The book is called The Lifestyle of a Gentleman. So available on Amazon and everywhere, of course. Anna Maria, where do we start? If I want, I'm a, I'm a young guy, let's say I'm 16 years old, and, and I want to, when I'm a man, I want to be a gentleman. How, how do I start to develop the lifestyle of a gentleman? 
Well, I think everything starts with how you are every day with yourself. So it starts with how you keep your, let's say you're, you said 16, so you're still living with your parents, but you have a room. How do you take care of your room? Do you keep it tidy? Do you mm-hmm. keep it messy? How are your clothes? What do your clothes say about you? I think it's very important. And I'm not saying that you have to wear suits all day long. I'm just saying that you have mm-hmm. to uh, wear like um, clean clothes. You have to have matching clothes, clothes that fit you. And if you want to express your personality with your style, go for it. I think it's wonderful and it's too rarely done. But um, so many people just throw anything they get in their wardrobe and just go out on the street like that. And this, uh, by, by being this messy, uh, will make you feel messy inside and not maybe not comfortable, maybe not at ease with yourself. And it will trans, transpose in your relationship with others and interactions with others. So uh, I would take care of that first, like uh, your uh, environment, your clothes, and then your health and your, uh, your uh, fitness. It all starts there. If your mind is tired, if you don't sleep enough, if you're not healthy enough, of course, you can't move forward to the actual manners, right? So uh, once you take care of all these aspects and you pay attention to what you eat and you eat healthy, um, the next steps are learning the very basics, which are uh, saying hello to people you, you meet, to greet them in a nice way, to know how to introduce yourself to other people and how to introduce other people to your friends or acquaintances. Uh, and it goes all the way to how you spend your free time. What do you choose to do in your free time? Do you choose uh, reading or video games? Do you choose hiking or laying on your couch and wat- watching uh, movies? It all says something about you and it all shapes you into a very functional, complete and complex person which has all the attributes to become a gentleman, or you become this, you know, regular person that uh, doesn't have much to say in society, and it's part of the big mess. I, I have to say, since I've been world, I'm, I'm, I've traveled around the world, and I think the United States has the least gentleman out of any country in the world. Really? I really, really? do. Europe, people, gentlemen are gentlemen. They are different. They, they handle themselves different. They come across different. You know that term, when you, you hear it when you go to other countries, loud, rude Americans. Eh, you see it when you go travel the world and oh, come back to yeah. America. We're pretty <laughs> much loud, rude Americans. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to say yes. I met uh, some, some very impressive gentlemen in the U.S. as well. But um, I agree, Europe and even like particular places in Europe would be more gentlemanly than others. Uh, like UK, for example, and France. I, I would say that France has very uh, a very unique type of gentleman that I uh, I find very uh, very interesting. I, I found I go to a little town in Italy called Pesaro. It's on the Adriatic Sea side of Italy, and they're mm-hmm. really gentlemen there. Like they don't put up with any bad talking about women, and they, they're, just, they're just not heard of. And oh, they're, yes. they're true gentlemen. They're just it's different. Yeah, yeah, of course, Italy, they're all in the mafia, the... but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in Italy, you'll find the charming gentleman. So he will be the gentleman with the coating of charms and flirtiness yes, and uh, yes. a big appreciation for women indeed. Yes. Now, explain that to me. What do you mean by a big appreciation for women? <laughs> well, No, I mean, it's a very important question agree. because I just ran this yesterday. Oh, I'd be interesting to hear what you run into, but uh, what I meant by that is, of course, all men or most men um, would have interest in women, right? And will appreciate them and will want them in their lives in one minute or another. But mm-hmm. um, the way Italians look at women, they see them like goddesses almost. They uh, worship women in a sense where they find the woman the most delicate and beautiful and special being on the entire planet. Yes. So. Um, they, they would act according to that vision. But the way Americans, if you were American and you were like in a town like Pedro with Italian men, and you talked the way American men talk about women, they would be very upset with you. Um, I haven't been in that context specifically. Well, I don't know if you, if you know what I'm talking about. With the way American men talk about, they see a pretty girl, something they might say. They would not say that in Italy. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be as crude. So in, well, yeah. in, in, in Italy, yes, in Italy, they really love women, and they love them. They put them on a pedestal, and they talk 
they hey. talk great about them, not sexual about them. So it's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. No doubt about it. No, I, it just it just came up yesterday, and I was talking to my wife about it, and our daughter mm-hmm. Alex about it. And I, I asked, I do a morning show as well in town, and I asked the morning show their opinion on it because the way I was raised. Um, first of all, let me say this: my my wife is sitting just to my right here. I okay. do believe she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. She's charming. I love her dearly, but Wonderful. I will still. Oh, it's true, but but I will still see a very attractive woman and go, oh, you're very beautiful. And I mean that as a compliment. It's not sexual. It's not trying to, you know, get in her favor. It's just, hey, you know, you work very hard at it, and you, you present yourself very well. You're a beautiful woman. I would say the same thing about a handsome man, but, uh, and I'm trying to learn because apparently some women are offended if you tell them they're beautiful. Well, those women do have some uh, own particular problems, but I think it's healthy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry, Henry. You're up. It, it's all right. Uh, I do think that it's healthy to notice beauty and make it known. Like, hey, I appreciate your beauty. And as you say, it doesn't have to be sexual. It's just uh, like you're seeing a beautiful painting or a beautiful sculpture. What's the use of seeing something beautiful if you do not um, respond to it, if you do not uh, react to it? Yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say. Anna Maria and I are shoulder to shoulder on this one is all (laughs) I've got to say. Right. Well, but what what we what I've been trying to tell Tom is is that women don't always need validation from men. It's not like every what single day a, a guy has to say you're pretty or else I'm going to be depressed. Right? Oh, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, we we don't need um, that in order to be happy. And if some women right. do, and they do. They have some certain of emotional and psychological imbalances that they need to work on because your world cannot end at your beautiful or the lack of your beautiful, I would say. Right. No, that's a very good point. And, and that point was made to me yesterday. That, And I wouldn't do that, by the way, Anna Maria, if I were around two women, I would not tell one of them, well, you're very beautiful. Because the other woman would be upset, and I understand why she would be. So I wouldn't do that. I understand, Yes. You can yeah, tell so, them I mean, both that they're beautiful. <laughs> I can indeed. But I just, that's, I, I will tell you something that you just impressed upon me that I didn't even think about. Anna Maria, I think because of where I grew up, I grew up in a, in a community that was Catholic, Jewish, and black. And it's a different culture than the rest of, of America. It just, it's a wholly mm-hmm. different culture. It doesn't matter. Your skin color doesn't matter. It's the culture in which you grew up. And that's how I did grow up. And so some people see me as very brash and over the top and i know that's hard for you to believe after talking to me for a half hour but i I did come up from a different culture i absolutely did okay it's um yeah where we come from definitely i mean i wouldn't say they define us but leaves a mark on who we are or who who we become Mm -hmm. and um i i would say that even in my case i'm coming from the countryside in romania and um, but I was fortunate enough to uh, understand how to choose things, and I had a great family that rose me in a very special way. So, um, but I do keep that humbleness that comes from the countryside and that respect for life in general. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't mean that that where you grew up is perfect, or where I grew up is perfect, or somebody else didn't. I don't mean it that way. It's just the way I learned to live life was in that type of it was a very poor community. Uh, the, the, the further, you know, we moved along, it's got, I mean, the, my neighborhood now is very, very poor. Um, but it's just, it's a different way to grow up. And I didn't even know that, to tell you the truth, until I was probably in my 30s. I started hearing people say things uh, about me, not necessarily to me, but other people. And I go, God, that I, that would never occur to me at all that people would think that was a situation. Things like... Uh, I, here, I'll give you an example, Anna Marie, and this is a true story. I joined a golf course one time, and I'm walking down the uh, the second hole of the golf course with a guy who's a billionaire. This man's a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And he meant to be complimentary. He meant to be very nice about this. He puts his arm around my shoulder, and he said, Tom, we can't tell you how great it is to have you as a member here because we needed some diversity. 
Now, we're both white people, so I don't know what he means by diversity. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I would have asked. I I would have been very curious to know what that means. Excuse me? That's what I would have said. And then later on, another guy from the club who was not, not as nice, and he didn't mean to be nice, when he found out I had joined the club, he went around to the membership and said, look, I just want you to know that if he causes any trouble, I'll make sure to get rid of him. Just because I wasn't one of them, he assumed I would cause trouble and they would have to kick me out of the club. Well, that's how that, people think. Did, did you that's cause absolute. trouble? Never. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And I'm sorry to it hear is. that people would, um, would behave like that nowadays. No, I think yeah, this is just a couple of years ago, right? I would like to think that we live in a society where people... Uh, I mean, ideally, people would understand and be able to have a decent conversation and then, you know, move on from there rather than having these remarks. I I think one of the reasons I'm so touchy about that is right now we're getting into this thing in America again where everybody is being said, you're in this group and I'm in this group and then you're in this other group. And Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Either we're all Americans or we're not, you know, come on. Exactly. I mean, we're all different, but we belong to the same um, unity, mm-hmm. the same principles. We belong to a country that has that uh, has a certain set of rules and ways of being, and the culture itself and the traditions that makes us all in the same time different but the same. So uh, I agree that um, people should be a bit more united, but. Unfortunately, I see this division um, going on in multiple countries around the world, and it's quite sad to see it. And I think it uh, comes from, um, uh, and this this is a bit uh, of a different topic, which is uh, social media and uh, artificial right, intelligence right. and the way they make people believe they have their own uh, truth and there's no other truth than their own. And people just cannot, uh, come to grounds with just like at least hearing a different opinion. We get very inflamed about different opinions. We get very upset when people don't agree with us. Um, so it's very it's very hard starting from this point and moving forward to just uh, being together as uh, as citizens of one country to um, coexist in a peaceful manner. Yes, but now if you read the lifestyle of a gentleman by Anna Maria Debu. We find out that she has great news for you, that a gentleman is made, not born. That is great news, Anna Maria. It's, uh, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a truth that more people should hear and try to integrate. And understand you don't need a uh, background of uh, money or uh, social level to become mm-hmm. someone who you look up to, maybe, and uh, integrate that in who you are. I think it's wonderful. Everybody should get the book. It's on Amazon. It's called The Lifestyle of a Gentleman, Anna Maria Dibu, D-I-B-U, the spelling of the last name. You're a wonderful. terrific guest, and I, 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 we, I just love talking to you. I know we all love talking to you. I appreciate your time today. And I'm very, very happy to be, uh, to be with you and uh, very honored to have been invited to your, uh, your, your show. It's, it's wonderful to be here. And um, if people would like to... Um, find out more about me um, they are very much welcome to follow me on my Instagram and Facebook uh, my Facebook is just like my name it's Ana Maria Dibu D-I-B-U and there you can find a link to the uh, one of the links to get the ebook that is a wonderful thing thanks for your time today and we got to bring you back again it's, it, it cheers me up to talk to you thank you I, and I'm very happy to be uh, to be on the show with you and talking to you and it's been a great pleasure to uh End my day like this. Well, <laughs> to end my day. <laughs> Finally, my now. day's over. Oh, yeah, I suppose yeah. so. It's nighttime there. Oh, yeah. that is true. That is. See so what a wonderful yeah. manner she had signing mm-hmm. off. Yeah, she had wonderful manner signing off. Tom, I got to go to bed. I got to hang out. Well, it's not that Anna late, Maria. but it's almost the end of the day here. It's like eight, eight at night. So mm-hmm. uh, that's oh, why I'm okay. I like it. Thank you very much, Anna Maria. Have a great day. Have a wonderful day, and thank you very much again for having me. Absolutely. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. What a wonderfully nice person she is. Yeah, I'm I friends love with, her I'm, accent. I'm friends with her on Facebook. She always likes when I. She actually liked that. I met, I brought up that ma- that post about manners because she's actually liked that post, and uh, yeah, manners are taught. 
They are yes, indeed. They are. I, I no think I think mothers it. teach their kids manners more than anyone else in the world. Yeah, mine did. My mother did. Mine did. Mine did too. You know, my mother wasn't didn't have the greatest English in the world, but she did it anyway. I tried. God knows I tried. You did. <laughs> tried and failed. My mother used to. My mother used to say that. Well, she only got through the eighth grade, so she used to say things like, "If she didn't like your new hairstyle." She'd say, and I quote, you got to do something about them hair. Them hair, <laughs> them yeah. She'd say, them hair, yes. Yeah. I do consider myself so. a gentleman. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't know. Let's not get... Mm. No, I do. <laughs> I always say thank you. I always say please. I am always grateful. Oh, that is great. I'm always grateful. I, I'm not a, I don't talk things about women. And I think that's a gentleman. Well, I think the no, reason so. to be a gentleman or a gentlewoman, I don't know, can you say lady? I don't know. Sure. Anyway, um, is to make other people feel comfortable right. with your right. presence so that you can form a relationship good, you know, that yep. starts on a positive note. 100%. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. i got to tell you, I've, this is uh, like the fifth interview I've done today. And man, they've been all over the place from, you know, um, uh, talking about some, you know, with uh, people about music to this to that to the other thing, and uh, I talked to a man who just wrote a book about Jackie Robinson that made me really sad uh, because Jackie Robinson's life story was not great. Even though he made it to the major leagues on April fifteenth, nineteen forty-seven, he was treated like oh, dirt yeah. his Terrible. entire career yep. by the players, by the fans, by everybody. he wherever he went, he was treated like dirt and this man was a superior athlete um his wife and he got him through it until he finally died of uh, i think diabetic shock is what he died of uh didn't live very long i know that but when you go through all of these interviews throughout the day if you pay attention to the people you're interviewing people generally are very very nice i think this whole you need to do this and you need is all just a front to make them feel more secure about their shortcomings yeah, a lot. I really do think there, that's there, what it is. There is truly demonic, mean, evil people, though. Oh, no doubt about I, I've that. Met, oh, I've yeah. only met, in, 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 I'm 57 years old, I've met three truly demonic, evil people in my life. My number's four. I've but I'm leaning three on five. That are truly you know, evil, they, demonic. And they were all men. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They were all you're, men. No, you're right. I have, I have never met a woman that would do the kind of evil that men do. No, that I've, is that's, that's, that's th- my experience. Three anyway. truly demonic, like devils, like evil. Devils, they're the devil. These people were. They were the devil. They were. I know, Satan I himself. I know what you're saying. We'll take a break here. About five minutes. Come back with part two. We can then talk about what uh, Andy and Alex and L.A. and Catherine thought about uh, Anna Maria or the idea that do you still want gentlemen around? We'll talk about it in five minutes with the family.